All right, here we go. Authentic community. Acts chapter 2 is where we've been over the last couple weeks. Wesley did uh, an incredible job last week communicating and uh, helping us see the power of authentic community and being vulnerable and walking in vulnerability. Uh, I'm going to just recap a little bit of this passage here in Acts chapter 2. How many of you guys have a Bible with you? Anybody have a Bible with you? Love it. If you don't, so you know, LWY, if you don't have a Bible um, or you forgot one or whatever and you want, you want one, I've got some people, you know, in fact, we'll just have them pass them out. If you want a Bible tonight, we've got a Bible for you uh, to, to read with us. So if, if you want a Bible, put up your hand so we can have all, our leaders find you and bring you a Bible. Acts chapter 2, authentic community. Verse 42 through 47, they're going, they're going as fast as they can. Thanks for being patient. I should have given them a more bigger heads up. We'll be there in just a moment. <laughs> All right, here we go. Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. The disciples that followed Jesus just experienced Jesus uh, ascend into heaven and experience him, which would be an absolutely insane thing to experience. Um, and then they, they began to experience uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and then they, they just were on fire for the Lord. They began to experience Jesus and, and experience Jesus together. And what we see here in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, is the, the product of what was happening. Let me read it. If you want to follow along, it's on the screen or in the Bible that you have in front of you. Verse 42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. This is my favorite part. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Lord, speak to us tonight about authentic community, what it looks like to be together, actually growing in community. In your name we pray, amen. Here's something that I've been learning about authentic community. It's really hard. It's really hard. I don't know about you, but being vulnerable with people and letting people actually see the real you is really difficult. There's not a lot of people in my life that actually know the real me. Why? Well, there's lots of reasons why. I'm uncomfortable. I've got pride. Like, there's places I don't want people to see in my life. There's pasts and things that like I'm not proud of. There's things in me that I struggle with that like it could be embarrassing. It could, there's so many reasons why it's difficult to truly be authentic and experience authentic community. But more than, more than just my personal struggle with it and more than it just being hard, Here's what I've come to realize. The enemy hates you being an authentic community. He does not want you to experience authentic community because he knows if you experience authentic community, if you experience being connected to somebody in a group of people that actually know you and still love you and you guys are growing together in your relationships with Jesus together, he knows that that cannot be stopped. He knows that when someone's walking in authentic community and they're truly known and they're truly loved, that they will, they will be on fire for the Lord in a way that will radically turn their life upside down and everybody else's life that they are encountering. 
And so what he, what he does then is he goes to battle. He goes to war. The enemy wages a war on authentic community happening in your life. It's a war. You being in authentic community is, it's a war. The enemy does not want it to happen. And so beyond just it being difficult, because it is, and you might be struggling with it because you got things in your life that, man, you just, it's hard to let people in. You, it's hard maybe to trust people. It's hard to, to be real with people. I, I get all of that. I've experienced all of that personally. Some of you, even just being here is hard because it's the pressure of, of you feeling like you've got to be somebody you're not. You walk in and you see everybody else worshiping and raising their hands and you're like, I don't feel that. Like, I don't, that's not me. And I gotta, I feel like I've got to do that to be accepted here because that's what they're all doing. And let me just, let me, let me help continue to break down some lies for you. Like you are accepted here because you are a son or daughter of the Lord. You're not accepted here because you can worship harder or worship just as much or, or look the part spiritually. Like if you're here, you belong. You walk through those doors, it doesn't matter what struggle you're struggling with. It doesn't matter what doubt you're doubting with. It doesn't matter what weight you're carrying. If you walk into these doors, you got to know that you are a part of the family. That doesn't, you do not have to believe to belong. You do not have to, 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 to fully walk out and behave in a way that looks like what God's doing here in order to be a part of what God is doing here. So let me break that lie down. But this is a, this is a war. The enemy does not want you in authentic community. There's a war waging to keep you from authentic community. And there's two areas tonight I want to speak to specifically that the enemy wages war in specifics to keep us from authentic community. I'm going, to just, I'm going to just highlight two. There's probably more than that. But here's the two that I really feel like the Lord was saying. Like, I want you to bring these up tonight. The first area that the enemy wages war on to keep us from authentic community is commitment. How many of you guys would say, I am a person of commitment? It's not a trick question. You're okay. Cool. How many of you guys would say, if you were being honest, I struggle with commitment at times? Cool. So I'd venture to say that all of us at some level are good in some areas of commitment and then maybe struggle in some areas of commitment. Or maybe we've been good at some seasons of life with commitment and not in others. Or when it's something that we really like and want, we're good at commitment. But when it's something that doesn't necessarily fit what we like or want, we're not maybe great with the world of commitment. But here's, the, here's an area that I see that the enemy uses all the time to keep people from experiencing authentic community. Because this is what you need to know. Authentic community takes actual commitment. There is no community without commitment. And we live in a world where commitment has become a afterthought there was generations that have gone before us some of you you experience it with your parents or your grandparents maybe it's probably it's probably more so in your grandparents generation but like back in the day my grandpa would say stories all the time or other people that are grand grandfather figures in my life because I, I had my grandparents my grandfathers weren't incredible influences in my life but I had some people that were that were like grandfather figures but they would say like things like back in the day, like when I shook somebody's hand, like that was it. You, you, this, is, this is a deal. I'll give you this. You pay me that. Absolutely. Shake a hand. Boom. Deal. Commitment. I say I'm going to be somewhere at this time. 
Like nobody's concerned about me not being there at that time because back in the day, the world of commitment was like just, it was just assumed. It was a different degree of like, no, like if, I, if I'm going to be a part of this, like I'm going to be a part of this until it, it's over, even if it sucks, even if it's hard. And so the world of commitment, I believe I've been watching the world of commitment slowly and, and, and become more and more less valuable and, and begin to degrade more and more and more as the generations go on. And I'm a part of this. I'm, I'm experiencing it in my own generation and in, in the generation right here. Why? Why is it? Well, I think there's a few things. One, I think FOMO is a big part. How many of you know FOMO? Fear of missing out. We, we don't like to lean into commitment because we have a fear that if we say yes to something, that if something better comes up, then it means that we can't do that better thing because we already said yes to that one thing. And so we don't commit because we don't want to have to say, I don't want to do that thing because this better thing came up. Some of you have experienced this before. A friend says, hey, you want to come over to my house this weekend and hang out? And you're like, yeah, I do. But I heard that there was this group of girls that were talking about having something at their house later. And I, I don't know if I'm going to get invited or not. But I don't want to say yes to my, my good friend here because there might be a chance that those other girls like invite me to go. And so I'm not going to commit to coming over to my, my friend's house who asked me because there could be a chance that those other girls asked me and not, I really want to be accepted by that group of people. And so I'm going to, I'm a fear, I'm a fear of, of making, uh, a fear of missing out on that. So I'm not going to commit. That kind of stuff plagues us. That kind of stuff plagues our generation. Like, I don't want to say yes to this because if I have to do something else or I want to do something else that comes up better, I don't want to have to back out. Let me tell you something. That robs you of so much actual joy and fulfillment and character building in your life. And when it comes to authentic community, it's robbing you. and It's stealing from you the opportunity to actually be an authentic community. Because the enemy knows that if he can, he can war on your commitment, that he can take you out of ever experiencing community. If he can get you to, to never say, I'm going to stick to this. I'm going to plant. I'm going to put my roots down. I'm going to lean into this friendship even when it gets difficult. I'm going to keep coming even when it's inconvenient. If he can get you to be a person that just gets blown with the wind all the time, he knows he can, he can take your ability to actually experience authentic community. And some of you, I just want to challenge you. Commitment is a part of the nature of God. We see this throughout scripture, that God makes commitments. He makes covenants. He makes promises to mankind. And it's, it's a part of who he is. And so when you walk in commitment, what you're actually walking in is the nature of God. And when you experience the blessing of commitment, you will experience the blessing of community. Community, authentic community, takes actual commitment. Commitment means fighting against FOMO. It means fighting against that moment that when something is inconvenient, you back out of a commitment. Like, I, I, this is something that I've struggled with a lot, and I watch this generation struggle with it too. But it's like as soon as something becomes a little bit inconvenient, uh, it's a little bit too far for me to go. It's a little bit too early for me to wake up. It's a little bit too whatever. I don't want to commit to that because it's, in, it's an inconvenience for me, and that's what takes precedence. Here's something I want you to know. When it comes to commitment, your priorities, we've got to be people, men and women, who keep our priorities our priorities. Here's what I mean. When you make authentic community a priority, you, you or organize your life in a way that if you really value authentic community, being in, in a relationship with people that can really know you and really love you, centered on the Bible, when that's a priority for you, uh, you make things move around that priority to be the thing that does not move. 
you move other things to, to, to accommodate that. But here's what, here's what can happen. What can happen is, uh, bef- well, before authentic community can really become a reality, it has to become a priority. Before you experience authentic community like, as a reality, it's got to be a priority in your life. It's got to be a value. So some of you, it's just starting there. Do you value that? Do you want that? Because some of you, you've got some priorities. And priorities are the things that you're willing to die for. They're the things that you're like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a part of that no matter what. Because I want to or because like, there's a deep like, soul connection to something. Like, like if my brother, I have a younger brother who's uh, like 6'2 and a lot heavier than me. He's two years younger than me though. And throughout growing up together, like I was always, uh, well, for a long time, I was a, not a long time, that's not to lie. I was a little taller than him for a good amount of time. And then he grew taller than me. Uh, but it didn't matter that he was bigger than me because he got picked on a lot. He got bullied a lot for how he looked, for whatever. And it didn't matter. If he ever, if I heard or I found out at any level that somebody was picking on him or there was somebody giving him a hard time, it didn't matter what I was doing. I could have been taking an SAT. I could have, it didn't matter. I could have been, I could have been running the, the go-ahead score to, to take my team to the playoffs. Like, it didn't matter. I would have left that place and found my brother wherever he was and, and make, made, a, made a presence and helped him with whatever was going on. He, he was a priority to me. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. There's things in your life that are just priorities. It doesn't matter what comes your way. It's like, I'm gonna, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be a part of it. Before authentic community can be a reality, it must be a priority. Here's where we get caught, ready? We get messed up with our responsibilities. Uh, you have all of responsibilities. You got things you got to do. You got homework. You got obligations with your, your family. You got to be a part of chores, like being a part of being together as a family, which, by the way, is really important. That should be a priority. But some of you, here's what happens when it comes to sticking to our commitments. When your responsibilities get procrastinated, your priorities get impacted. When your responsibilities get procrastinated, your priorities get impacted. Here's what I mean. When you delay in doing the things that you know you need to do, all of a sudden, those things impact your ability to have your priorities stay your priorities. Oh, I can't, I'm, I, I, I can't be at life group because I've got, uh, I've got the homework that I did not do that I could have done three days ago that I waited until the last second to do tonight, so I'm not going to go to life group this week because I'd have to get it done. Well, but that sucks because if, if you would have, that, pri- that responsibility that you had, if you had taken care of it before, then it wouldn't have slid in to impact your priority because that's something that we, listen, we do this all the time, but I want to challenge you. If you value authentic community, what you will have to begin to do is to say, I'm going to say no to the procrastinating on my responsibilities so they don't impact my priorities. Authentic community takes commitment. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's amazing how God takes care of the things that we really worry and stress about when we make the priority things the priority. When we put God first, when we put the priority of getting in authentic community with people a priority. It's amazing how God helps us work out some of the other things that are things that we got to take care of. Seek first the kingdom of God. Some of us, it's, we're just super busy, and so our priorities get sloshed all around. We get dictated by whatever's most urgent. 
I forgot this. I got to do this. And let me tell you something. Like, busyness does not always mean uh, efficiency or effectiveness or success. I hear people say all the time, how are you doing? I'm, I'm busy. I'm so busy. Okay, well, busy is, how's busy doing for you? What's busy producing in you? What, what, what is your busy producing in your life right now? I think, if, I think if your busyness is not creating a healthier version of you spiritually, relationally, and physically, then it's in vain. I'm going to say that again. If your busyness is not creating a healthier version of you spiritually, relationally, physically, then it's in vain. Then you're doing it for not. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but it, it's got to be producing in you something that is healthier than where you are. And it's your busyness is not worth being busy if it's not producing healthy versions of your healthy version of yourself in Leonard Ravenhill this guy is an absolute G he's a little brutal but he made this quote and I, I've been challenged by it a lot through my, my walk with the Lord and he says this if what you're doing with your life isn't worth dying for it's not worth living for if what you're doing with your life isn't worth dying for is not worth living for what his challenge is is that there's got to be something deeper to all of our busyness, to all of the stuff that we've got to do in our responsibilities. It doesn't mean we don't have responsibilities we got to take care of. It does not mean that we got things that we got to get done because that, in that in mundane, difficult, frustrating stuff, it produces a character that's not going to get produced any other way, and that's really important. But there's got to be something deeper that drives us into the commitment. So the enemy wars on our commitment. The second thing he wars on, he wages war with is comfort. This one, like, just nips me like a little chihuahua. <laughs> Some of you are like super hardcore, super hardcore chihuahua lovers. I'm sorry for just, sorry, Brandon. This one gets me. Uh, true and authentic Christianity and comfort are incompatible. Being a follower of Jesus that's truly following Jesus and living in your comfort, they don't work together. They can't, they can't coexist. And so something has to give it to some degree. Either your comfort has to give or your followership of Jesus is, is something is not clicking there. Um. I think comfort zone really is just a nicer way of saying lukewarm. This is my comfort zone. I don't see that in the scriptures. I see that and I see comfort zone equals lukewarm. Lukewarm in the scriptures means like I just, I'm, you're not hot, you're not cold, you're just kind of in the middle and you're waffling. And man, let me tell you, this isn't, a, this isn't a night to like bring condemnation or judgment, but it's just a night to be like, some of you guys are experiencing less than what God has for you in your life. And it's because you are obsessed with staying comfortable. And I'm telling you, when it comes to getting an authentic community, you're not always going to feel comfortable. You're not going to always be around people that you're like, I like them. They're, they're the kind of people I want to be around. They're, maybe they're a little more annoying or the way that they talk bothers you, whatever. So you're going to be in an uncomfortable place. You're going to be in moments where like God's doing something and you don't need to open up about something, but it's going to be uncomfortable to share about it because it's, it's a deep place. It's something that you're not proud of. It's something that happened to you. There's going to be moments where you're going to have to step out of a comfort zone 
because it's out of that comfort zone that God meets us the most. But the enemy uses our comfort to keep us contained and captive. And I'm, I'm here to, to call you up tonight to say authentic community is going to require you to step out of your comfort in a new way. And the longer we follow Jesus, I said this, I said this before, and you might have heard me say it, but I just, it's so true, and I have to remind myself this. The longer I follow Jesus, the more comfortable with uncomfortable I have to become. The longer I'm following Jesus, the more like I got to be okay with uncomfortable being a normal thing in my life because that's where God meets me the most. The last thing I'll point you to around the world of comfort is that when you step out of your comfort zone, another way to look at it, Louis Giglio talks about there, he talks about something like a holy discomfort. Holy discomfort, like stepping out of a comfort zone and walking out in obedience to what God's saying and stepping up, stepping out in faith, it's a holy discomfort. It's like I'm saying yes for the right reason to step out of my comfort zone. When that takes place, it draws the comforter. Who is the Holy Spirit? So when, when you got holy discomfort, it, you step out, it really draws the comforter. It, 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 it brings the presence of God in. It, it, it makes God be like, yes, I want to be a part of that. I'm there. It's, like, it's like a magnet for the, for the Spirit of God. A, a, a man or woman saying, I'm out of my comfort zone. I don't know if this doesn't feel safe or I don't feel like I'm going to have to, I don't feel confident in this. And they, they, they do it. They say yes to it. And it's all of a sudden God's just like, I'm there. I experienced this weekend, or this last week, we were on our anthem retreat. Yeah, anthem, what's up? Love you guys. Woot, woot. Um, anthem College. Uh, and we had some time together. We, we really experienced authentic community this last week. My goodness. And it was, it was four days of, of some brutal conversations, of some, of some moments where, like, people, like, we, we shared things, people shared things that they had never told another person before, ever. And when that kind of stuff was happening, you, we, you, could, you could, it was like palpable. You could, you could feel the presence of God invading the room. And it was building authentic community in our group. Like, I feel like I'm family with those 10 Anthem students. And I'm believing that's exactly the kind of stuff that God has for you in this season. That you don't just come to a Sunday night and worship, and then leave, and nobody actually knows you, but that you come to a Sunday night, and you look across the room. Wesley did it so well yesterday, and you, you see somebody that's in your life group, and you know what they're going through, because they just, cha- they just talked about it and shared in life group that week about something going on with their family, about something going on with their, a family member's health, and so when you're worshiping, and you look across the room, and you see them, it's not just some random person anymore. You see the problem and the need that they're struggling with, and as you're worshiping, you're able to worship and go to the Lord on their behalf now because you know what's going on. So it's not just singing a song for you anymore. It's singing a song for them. It's not just praying a prayer for you anymore. It's praying a prayer for them, and that's when the power of God will start to move in this place like we've never seen before. The enemy is waging war on your comfort because he knows it will keep you from community. So here's how I want to wrap up. I'm going to invite Andrea. Would you come up just to the keys and just play? Here's where God's taking us this, this, this season. And already a lot of you have signed up. So like some of you are like, yeah, yeah, I've, I signed up. Like I'm, I'm doing it. Like I want to do a life group. I'm, I want to be in. And, 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 and I'm, I'm not like just 
we're not just continuing to talk about it because we want a bunch of people to sign up. We, we want a bunch of people to experience authentic community. We do want this to be a place where life groups becomes the very normal thing that we do more than anything else. But uh, why we keep talking about it is because it's not about just signing up. It's about those, those insecurities and those fears that are going to come after you've already signed up. This message tonight is a preemptive message because a lot of you have already taken the step like, yeah, I've signed up. But then what's going to happen is you're going to have to encounter commitment and comfort once you actually start engaging in a life group. And it's going to begin testing you. And the enemy is going to begin to war with you on these two things. No, 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 no. That's not really a commitment you need to continue. Like, you got so much on your plate. You got so many things you got to do. You got homework. You got this. You got sports. Everybody's going to understand. Like, every, nobody, nobody's committed anymore. Everybody gets it. Everybody's a part of it. Like, Commitment doesn't really mean anything. Like, everybody's doing a bunch of things. Like, you could just go once or twice, and then the enemy just instantly starts going, like, no, 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 it's not that big of a deal. So that's what's going to happen. Or you're going to get in there, and you're going to sit in that moment, and then the God, God's going to be speaking and doing something, and your leader's going to be like, all right, who's struggling with something this week? And you're going to be like, gosh, dang it, I'm not going to want to share with these people. Like, like, I don't want them to see this side of me. I, I don't want them to see, like, I'm, this is a hard thing, like, I'm struggling with. Let me tell you something about sharing a weakness. Oh, Lord, let me tell you something about sharing a weakness. You get to experience not only God's presence and God's power in your life more because he's, his power is made perfect in your weakness, but you get to watch people love you more authentically and deeply when you are vulnerable with weakness and with struggle. But let me tell you something. You can't be vulnerable with weakness and struggle if you aren't around people who want to be there to support you in your weakness and struggle. So this message is preemptive because a lot of you have already signed up. Some of you haven't and you know you need to. But this is the war is going to come. You're going to get the date of the first life group meeting and you're going to be like, oh, I don't really know that leader. I don't, I don't really know. I don't, that's, a, that's an inconvenient time. I don't really think I can. And you're just going to have all these things. you got to know the enemy's coming for you because he knows if he can rob you of this commitment and keep you in your comfort, he will rob you of the authentic community that the Lord has in front of you this season. So here's what he's calling us to. He's calling us very simply tonight in this season to lean in to commitment and lean out of our comfort. That's the bottom line. God is calling you to lean in to commitment. Lean out of your comfort. Because it's going to be in that place and in that space where he meets you the most and you experience authentic community and ultimately Jesus and the power of the gospel in your life through other people's lives for you like never before. So I'm going to pray for you. And if you haven't signed up for a life group yet, tonight is your night. And if you have, get ready. I I don't want to try to, like, throw a softball up and just be like, you're all going to crush home runs. No, like, the enemy does not want you in a life group. The enemy does not want you known. The enemy does not want you to experience what it, what it feels like to be loved even when you're vulnerable with your weakness. He he, he hates that because he knows what God can do with it. So, like, I'm here to just be like, get ready for the war because it's going to come. And you're going to have to be ready to embrace it and know how to overcome it. And I believe with the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the gospel, 
and with the wisdom of the word of God that you're going to be able to stand in victory over the things that the enemy wants to steal from you in this season. So I'm going to pray. And then just invite you to ask the Lord to be speaking to you. I'm, not, I'm sure he's already stern and speaking, but if there's some specific areas for you tonight, that you know, maybe one of the two stand out for you. Maybe one of them is commitment. You're like, man, I do struggle with commitment. I've got, a, I've got a fear of missing out like no other. I just do not want to be locked into something. I don't want people to really know me. I don't want people to really see me. And I feel like if I say yes to this, it's gonna expose me. I'm gonna have to show people my wounds. I'm gonna have to show people my, my, my failures and my mistakes. Let me tell you, God has got something in that but that might be what you're feeling. Some of you, it's comfort. You're like, I just can't, I am so afraid of talking to people, of listening and being around somebody that it's so out of my comfort zone. Perfect. It's right where God will meet you and change your life. So let me pray for you.